It's time for Michigan Sports Talk Morning Show. Broadcasting live all across the state of Michigan and Northwest Ohio. This is X's and Bros. Swings it out to Sadiq Bey. Gets Benny B to call. Abdul Rahman at midcourt. Extra pass. And it goes for the win. The three-pointer by Jordan Poole. Here's the give. Walker. Danny Walker. Touchdown. Smarty. Goff's got it. Back. Looks. Throws. Ends up. Yes. Touchdown to Craig Lyons. They did it. Armand Ross. They brought him to the receiving end. Sends one to deep left center field. Back it goes, and that ball's out of here. A grand slam from Miguel Cabrera. He's got two goals. Perkins in on goal. Scores! His first career hat trick in his seventh season for Dylan Larkin. Here's your host, Anthony Bellino. <laughs> Into X's and, uh, welcome into X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Ryan L.P. here, Anthony Bellino, joining in just a moment, having some network connectivity problems. And, I don't know, maybe the officials from last night are in charge of Anthony's connection and just refusing to do what they're asked to do on the court. Just an abomination. That's why people don't like the NBA when you see just absolute garbage like that at an end of a game where the Pistons get fouled twice in the final seconds while the Knicks are just mobbing them to get the ball back as the Knicks were down one. And then immediately admitted after the game. We don't have to wait for some bogus two-minute report where the officials were cover for each other. The crew chief from last night came out immediately after the game, said Asar Thompson was fouled because, you know, um, Dante DiVincenzo just slide tackled him uh, on, the, on the sideline to get the ball back. But don't worry, they called the foul on the Pistons, as uh, I believe Jalen Brunson or Josh Hart. It's escaping me because I was so livid over the non-call foul. I forgot who was fouled for the Knicks as they hit the game-winning basket with less than three seconds left. Get the in one. And then, uh, yeah, and Pistons lose. But, you know, it is what it is. Monty Williams spent his entire post-game press conference, by entire post-game press conference, I mean, 40 seconds. That's how long uh, his press conference lasted last night laying into the official, so expect to see a fine because, you know, that's – I love when pro sports works this way where you can see the official screwing up so poorly that there's no repercussions, at least publicly, for them. But you get – you have to pay money if you actually mention that they did a poor job. Like – why is it so hard to, for the leagues to hold the officials accountable publicly? Like, don't you think every fan base of all sports 
would just like it if you held the people that literally control every game publicly accountable. I mean, I know the NFL, they're the only, to my knowledge, the only ones where the officials have to do some sort of media. But again, that media is one reporter at the stadium gets to call them for like two minutes. The pool reporter, they call him for two minutes. And, you know, that one reporter, at least when I've been at Lions games, you know, they walk around and say, hey, do you have any questions for him? As they try to, you know, ask as much as possible. But again, what really does that do? So just another embarrassing moment for for the NBA and their, their officials. But people won't really care too much because it's the Pistons and, you know, they got to earn those calls. No, they don't. I'm sorry. Like, cut me the BS of teams have to earn calls like that. That was a slide tackle in basketball. That's a oh, call you don't have to earn. Absolute chop block. Chop block, slide tackle, just... It, like, I saw the the garbage last night from Pistons fans. Like, well, the Pistons couldn't get a rebound. They couldn't do this. I'm sorry. The most basic call in all of basketball at every league was not called. Yeah, I was Barely. more... Um, I was a little torn up a sergeant. Like, that's why they tell you don't dribble a loose ball. Just grab it. Just grab it. Where, where are you dribbling to? You're up Again. one. Just grab the ball. Again, I don't care about all the... All of that. It is an easy call for an official. And the official comes out after the game and says, yep, we screwed up. It's like, I'm sorry. No, you don't get to screw up like that. At what point are a league going to publicly hold officials accountable for doing an awful job? Never. Then you'll never have a league that's trusted. Yeah, and I don't people think oh and say it's rigged, it's fake, because the the leagues won't come out and reprimand their officials publicly, the people that control the entire outcomes of every game. I don't know exactly like what the um what the solution is. You know, because at the end of the day after the game report their discipline publicly. I mean, okay. So the, even if they even if they do discipline them, then what happens? That, like, you, they know next time where they have to go out. They have to be more accountable because they'll have to answer media questions. They could be suspended. They could be fined for poor jobs, just like everyone else that they work with. The really unfortunate thing is that, you know, even afterwards when they, they come out and they admit that, yeah, no, we botched that call. Like with the gambling that is at stake, and I guess, I mean, the Pistons covered, so it doesn't really matter. But that's one of the things that I've always wondered about from a gambling but Pistons money line. <laughs> I don't know. That, uh, that three percentage of betters might have to call that 1-800 number. Um, you know, it's a... It's just it's so interesting to me with how gambling is such a large part of sports now and how much it's promoted 
and this, that, and the third that people just seem to be like, oh, okay, yeah, the refs blew the call that lost the game. Like, it, it feels like there should be more there. Um, more there, but you know what? Do, what do we know, right? What's even more entertaining is uh, LeBron James complaining about foul calls from the from the weekend. That was that was good. By the way, do you see the Clippers' new uniforms? I did. They are completely average. Really. The uniforms, the, yeah, it's, yeah, like the, uh, the like the logo, like the entire the entire setup. I guess the logo's Not, okay. I mean, it's a Columbus Clippers um, logo, kind of, you know, redone. But anything that's done nowadays, it's very generic. It's there's not there's creativity to it, but you can't be too creative with it. So it's just everything that comes out in the last like ten, fifteen years has just been very corporate, bland, blah stuff. I see their. Uh, I see your point there. Um, the Columbus Clippers. I mean, they shouldn't even be able to have the team name Columbus Clippers. Uh, that you know, because it's been in, in L.A. for how long? Uh, but regardless, you know, the NBA when they blew up all the the logos of the '90s and made everything very circular, very uh, as you mentioned, the word corporate's a really good way to put it. Very sterile. Uh, that all the logos have to be like the same if you were to list them all out on like a blank sheet of paper, whereas in the 90s, man, everything was different, right? Uh, the Toronto Raptor looked different from the Detroit Piston, uh, which looked different from the New York Knicks. Like all of it was uh, was so cool and so well designed. All right, we'll step aside. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked right here. X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.com. TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I work for Meyer. People ask, why do I shop there? It's because I get everything in one stop. Like this week's hottest deals with buy one, get one for a dollar, four-pound bag of navel oranges. And Meyer Wellness Vitamins or Supplements, buy one, get one free. Plus, I can save even more with M Perks, like 10% off my total electronics purchase when I shop in-store or online this week. Meyer has all I need in just one stop. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Roast Umber is a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. From 
Traverse City to the Glass City. GR to the Motor City. You're listening to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports and Network. Great to have you riding along with us no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Text the keyword sports radio, send that to 21,000 sports radio to 21000. By your Super Center guest line, 866 838 4843 on Twitter, XB Mornings, Facebook, X's and Bros. And of course, good morning to our television audience as well. I think we're all squared away on the TV side. I think it should be okay. Visually, it looks okay. It still has some lean to me, but that's okay. Uh, but the physical, not like on the screen, but the equipment over there's got a little lean. Uh, not a Buckeye fan, but Jake Diebler playing for uh, the Rams in my hometown of Upper Sandusky, Ohio, now head coaching the Buckeyes. And coming up with huge wins, absolutely incredible. Our town is so proud of what he has done so far. And we are pulling for him to succeed uh, from here on out. That comes from Brian on Facebook. Uh, Brian on Facebook, when it comes to Jake Diebler, this is quite the uh, quite the story here uh, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, and look, they're not going to, um, you know, maybe they could do the NIT. They're not getting an NCAA tournament berth unless they were to win the Big Ten tournament. Stranger things have happened. What if he pulls that off? I felt really bad that it didn't work out for Chris Holtman, but for Jake Diebler, uh, if you know anything about like Upper Sandusky or that area um, of Ohio, it's not like uh, it's not like booming metropolis of you know Cleveland or Cincinnati uh, or even Columbus at that point. You know, it's uh, it's more more like small town sort of USA. It's kind of maybe that's a good way to put it, uh, but that's you know for for Jake Diebler to rise, get this opportunity. And to be able to accomplish some things that might have the Ohio State brass kind of looking at each other going, okay, like, wait a minute, we got our guy. He understands what we're all about here. Like, that that might really work. So I'm actually rooting for Jake Diebler um, as well. Uh, Brian on Facebook. I am, I'm right there with you. So uh, for me, I'm in the same boat. I hope he does well. I uh, hope he wins every game except for the ones he plays against Michigan. But odds are he's going to be just fine uh, trying to uh, – Trying to get that accomplished. All right, uh, I wanted to hop into this uh, this story here on Co- Cody Bellinger of the Chicago Cubs because they just agreed on a three year, eighty million dollar contract, and this has ended the free agency bid with a return to Chicago, where he's going to pick up on a slash line of three hundred seven, three fifty six, and five twenty five with twenty six home runs and ninety seven RBI last season. Now he goes into free agency thinking he's, you know, same sort of uh, think about it like the same way Carlos Correa hit free agency, right? I mean, here is a guy that, yeah, they they want one of those big mega deals. And I am so proud and so happy for MLB ownership for putting on their big boy pants. You know, round of applause. Round of applause. It's easy. Don't sign them. He's 28 years old. Why would you sign a decade-long deal when, just like Miguel Cabrera, you're going to get some incredible play for like three to four years? You're going to get some kind of mediocre play for about three years, and then the last two to three years of that contract, they're going to be just god-awful. You shouldn't have to do... Why would you do that? Why would you pay... It doesn't make any... It's a terrible business decision. And so the MLB owners are like, yeah, screw it. These agents, we talked about this with John Wagner. These agents want this dump truck full of money 
for guys like Blake Snell, we're just not going to do it. I'm not signing him for that. And not at your age. Shohei Otani can be the outlier. Cool. Once in a generation type of player. Literally once in a generation type of player. Like Shohei Otani, when you hear generational talent, like he's the best of his generation, like that's what it is. It's not whatever quarterback throws really well and jumps really high in the combine this week. They're not generational talents. They're the same generation as Patrick Mahomes. Stop it. As for Bellinger, couldn't be happier. Could not be happier for MLB saying, you know what? We're done with these stupid contracts. Thank God. Here's three years. This is the way it's going to work. He's 28 years old. He'll get $30 million this year, $30 million next year, and $20 million the following year with opt-out clauses after year one and year two. Now, before the 2022 season, Correa signed a three-year $105 million contract. No team offered him that long-term deal, right? Correa opted out after the first season and returned to the Twins on a six-year $200 million deal after the medical issues scuttled some uh, contracts that he may have had done with the uh, the Frisco Giants and the New York Mets. And obviously, he's got to have a, a finished 10th in NL MVP voting. My only question here is, if this is the deal, then why didn't the Tigers reach out? Like, why didn't the Tigers just try to figure, like, hey, all right, let's let's take a let's take a gander here real quick, let's investigate, let's see about you know potentially adding somebody like Cody Bellinger into our into, onto our team. That's the only thing that I'm looking at and thinking to myself. Why aren't we why aren't we at least playing ball here? Like why aren't we at least picking up the phone trying to figure it out if this is a team that is under the average payroll, why not give him a call and see? Maybe maybe he's more comfortable with five years. Maybe he's more comfortable doing that. But why wouldn't you at least, I mean, a proven major league commodity, why wouldn't you at least pick up the phone and try to figure it out? And to be honest with you, you know, for, for I, I think that's going to be the biggest complaint um, because you're going to, you know, you're going to see there's a familiar name still out there that's kind of floating around a little bit. That's J.D. Martinez, and people are going to look at that. They're going to remember the good old days. And maybe there's some intrigue here, but I have, um, you know, for me personally, you know, I do. I think that Cody Bellinger is going to win him a Super Bowl. No, do I think they should be the favorites to win the AL Central? Yeah, I do, I do, and I know that uh, John and I went back and forth on that. And he, I mean, like, look, eventually somebody's going to have to step up and play. Like that's that that's got to be it. Somebody's going to have to be the person that they that they've been telling us that that guy is. Does that make sense? Like I'm excited for it, and nobody nobody made a blockbuster move in the central, and hopefully that a majority of our team could be healthy at one point of the season. I think that would be great. You know, does losing Eduardo hurt? Of course it does. But that I mean, I'm just sitting there, I'm looking at Bellinger, and I'm like, okay, like that's a really good year last year. He's gonna have he's had more years uh, like that than not. Like maybe that's worth picking up the phone to have a conversation with. And according to reports, we didn't even play ball. Now that's you know not to uh, no that doesn't spark a whole lot of like I want to be really good 
Um, I want this team to be really good. I want this uh, organization to pick up where the Red Wings are, are, are leaving off. And I want them to be able to carry us through the summer, playing exciting baseball games at the end of June, early July, when we hit the All-Star break, knowing that for the proverbial second half of the season, this team's got a chance to do something. That's that's what I'm looking for. That's my expectation of Tigers baseball this year, is to be at or near the top of the AL Central for a majority of the season. And I'm I'm literally asking them to play to their ability. That's all. I, I don't think that we need to sit around here and think that for whatever reason, all the Tigers, oh, they're only five more years away, right? This has taken long enough. Like, make a legitimate push for the playoffs here. You know, I, I, obviously they have very high expectations for Colt Keith. With the deal that they gave him, you would think that he'd be starting at second day one. They've got some really good pieces in place. Now that they moved on from Alavila, they'll be able to get some stuff done in the trade deadline. And we can, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully progress in a way that with the, you know, the, the no salary restrictions here, this team should be able to generate some revenue. Like they, they should be able to be able to spend in the off season. We'll step aside when we return. Uh, let's dive into what took place last night at the garden and about time. Monty Williams is mad. Hear from him. Imagine this a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. The day that is unmistakably yours. At the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined. At Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks Checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddythepizzaman.com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddythepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's F-R-E-D-I thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference. Can't call in? Text us using the keyword sports radio and send it to 21000 or tweet us at XB Mornings. Now back to X's and Bros with Anthony Bellino here on the Michigan Sports Network. 
Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports and Network. Great to have you riding along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Absolute pleasure uh, to have you with us. And it's funny, we just mentioned the thing about the LA Clippers logo and somebody just did a thread that popped up on my timeline about the biggest NBA team logo downgrades. He did a thread and uh, he had the, the Detroit Pistons listed almost immediately. Uh, from the flaming horse with the pistons across to the red, white, and blue basketball logo that they have now, that is just uh, just doesn't move the um, doesn't move the needle a whole lot. I know there's some some people that are like the anti teal crowd. Uh, the problem, the biggest problem with the NBA is the constant changing, right? They they what's the issue with the league is everything they do is like this nonstop sort of change evolution. The city jersey, the statement jersey, like. The names of those, to begin with, are ridiculous. You could just say alternates, uh, and that would be fine. But you have your home, your away, home and road, and then two alternates, right? And every year, they just keep producing more and more jerseys that are just different. Like, how did we go from the black? We have black and orange jerseys now, which I get are the ode to the bad boys, um, you know, skull and basketball and crossbone. Like, it just has nothing. It's got nothing to do with the Pistons. You know, so for all the people that kicked the table and screamed uh, over the fact that teal isn't our color, what the hell is that? What is this running pumpkins that we got going on here? What's happening there? You know, so for me, personally, like, I actually liked when they tried to rebrand from, you know, 1996, when, when they did the rebrand and they brought out the teal, they didn't need to completely like rebrand it, but that the Pistons logo is fine. You can do that same logo with the flaming horse in red, white, and blue. But you got to find some consistency. You don't need to con. You got different courts that are changing all the time. Uh, you get jerseys that are changing all the time. You got rosters that are changing all the time. You got a bunch of guys on rosters people have never even heard of. Um, that is just, to me, is just preposterous. Also, LeBron James is upset. ESPN moved his son off of their mock drafts. And I heard Mike Greenberg doing a big, big shtick, if you will, on this, on this situation. And he was like, I don't know how you could be mad at LeBron, this, that, and the third, yada, yada, yada. It's like, there's no way, like, nobody's saying that he's not a great basketball player. He's very good at basketball. Like, there's no issue there. Uh, but LeBron James commented on NBA Central's tweet, can y'all please just let a kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The working results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft has to say. He just works earned, not given. No, it's literally given. It's literally given. It's a given. If he If he elects to go to the NBA, like he's only getting in the NBA because of who his dad is, and that team knows, as I have been saying for years, and LeBron finally came out and said, like he's going to play and try to play with his son. He wants to do the Ken Griffey Jr. Senior thing. But ESPN removed Bronny James from the 2024 mock draft, now projects him to be selected in 2025. Based on what? Five points a game at USC? Like you're out of your mind. And so LeBron is now talking about, can you let a kid be a kid? LeBron, you were the one that said Bronny, LeBron James Jr. could come play for the Lakers right now. You said that. Not us. We didn't say that. I did not say that. Mm -mm. No, I'm all for letting the kid be the kid. 
I'm also not going to go out there and toot his horn and talk about how he should be playing for the Lakers right now. Like, what? And then you want to complain? Like, that? That's that's LeBron in a nutshell. Like, that's... It's not. It's never been about basketball, and for you know, for the actual basketball itself, he's, you know, a top five player of all time. There you go. I don't think anybody. You can't really dispute that. He's had incredible averages. The guy's played for twenty years, for God's sakes. Uh, I'm not. I'm just not a big fan about how he goes about his business. It's a good basketball player, though. One of the best ever to ever do it. It's it's undeniable. Undeniable. But that, like, the hypocrisy there is just, it's baffling to me. How do you go from saying he could play for the Lakers right now to let a kid be a kid and the results are going to speak for themselves and it's earned, not given? Really? You're telling me that because the name that he was given, the parents he was given, that hasn't helped him? Like, come on, you're out of your mind. You're nuts. You are nuts. I mean, I'm not too proud to admit that. I got great parents. I was just luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. The dice roll coming out. You have no idea. You have no idea. You could just say it and be honest about it. But then it takes me back to the spray paint of his house and how quickly it was cleaned up. And, you know, it's going to send me down that path. I don't want to go down that path right now. But I just want to share that little. A nugget of information, a little tidbit right there. All right, now on to what took place in New York last night at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Okay, so the Detroit Pistons, uh, once again, really struggle to uh, defend conceptually. I, I don't know. I'm going to probably have to say this every day, uh, but they do not. Uh, there are some simple concepts of defense that they don't execute very well, and it's got to be a coaching thing because there's no way. I mean, we these are, but I see Michigan struggle with some of the very the, the very same concepts, right? And the way I compared this last night is like if you went out to uh, a YMCA and played rec ball, and you were just you you just went there by yourself, and you guys are like, hey, anybody got next? And you're looking around, you're looking for teammates, and like, yeah, you could join with us, and you have no idea who anybody is. That's how they play defense. Just like ah, you're, we're going to play man to man, and you know, just kind of hustle up and down the court, and that that's going to be that. Right, it doesn't look like they have a very good team chemistry on defense. Like they just met each other and they're like, "Oh, okay." Like, no. But what had happened was is there was a loose ball play, and when it happened, I'm yelling "foul" at the television. I'm debating on whether or not I'm going to tweet about this. I decide not to because at that point, it's just like you know what, the hell with this, and I probably probably should have tweeted about it. Um, because it, it it was just it was such an egregious call that as a loose ball happens, I'm going to play the final what is this the final 23 seconds of this right now. Ten seconds ago, he throws it away. Ball loose, picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Okay, so what happens is is that after a missed shot, there's a loose ball, there's a rebound, it's tipped around. Dante DiVincenzo has a uh, has a pass that is thrown, and it is the pass is intercepted by Asar Thompson. Gets his left hand out there, 
it touches the ball to gain possession. You have 10.2 seconds. You're up 1.111 uh, to 110 over the Knicks, looking for your ninth win of the season. That we have a we have a very um, a very good rule that if you are in, in at any level involved in youth basketball, uh, you have kids that play youth basketball. I want you to take this rule with you, and then here's the real world application of it, this at the highest level. The rule is don't dribble a loose ball. That's the rule. Don't dribble a loose ball. You take that you take that home to your kids. Make sure that they know that we do not dribble a loose ball. And why do you not dribble a loose ball? Well, the reason is, is that in a lot of times in different scenarios, uh, the ball will be loose, bouncing on the uh, bouncing on the uh, on the floor, and typically not bouncing to where you can pick it up and go immediately, right? If the ball is loose, and let's just say it's in the middle of the court, somehow your kid's at the three-point line, and he's looking at 70 feet in front of him, right? The ball ends up bouncing, grab the ball with two hands, and then go, right? Because you're grabbing it with two hands. You're not going to travel with it, right? Because you're, you're gathering it with two hands. You take your step, and then you go, right? Very controlled, fast, but controlled dribble. We're going to scoop it with two hands, and then we're going to put the ball on the floor. The reason we don't dribble a loose ball is a lot of times, especially at the youth level, the ball isn't necessarily bouncing at like waist height. It's not like a perfect bounce you can just pick this thing up with. It's like a little dribble. You know, the ball's just like, blah, 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 blah. it's just like barely getting off the ground. And little kids want to run and they want to try to tap it with their hand and get that ball going down the floor and ends up being a turnover. Right? So if the ball is lower to the actual floor, if, if it's closer in proximity to the floor, Right, we jump stop, we grab the ball with two hands, we get into triple threat, we're looking around the floor, we're identifying where we need to go, and then you can begin your dribble. But especially in a situation, situational awareness here, in a situation where you have the lead with under a minute to play, we need to get to the free throw line. So all you have to do is secure possession. They are going to follow you. You get to the free throw line, you knock down a couple free throws, this baby is over. However, void of all fundamental concepts, this Detroit Pistons team is playing last night, and Asar Thompson intercepts the ball with his left hand, right? Left hand goes out to block the pass. As he does block the pass with his left, he then gets the ball in play and wildly has it loose with his right hand. If you blocked it down with your left, grab the ball in a jump stop, cradle it if you have to. Look like a little kid hatching an egg now. You know, when, you're, when your son and daughter first starts basketball and they catch the ball in the wing, they put it in their stomach and they like hunch over and they squat and they look like they're going to lay an egg and they're looking all around because they don't know what the hell to do, right? That's basically all he had to do here. Instead, he tips it away with his right hand or his left hand, he tries to dribble it with his right hand, loses control of the ball. Now it's a free-for-all. Dante DiVincenzo throws a legal... An an actual act, legal cut block, probably the best block that New York has seen throughout the entire football season. Chops Asar Thompson down at the thighs. Ball somehow stays in play. You can't see anything. Jalen Brunson picks it up, goes the other way. The feed inside to Josh Hart. Josh Hart is outside of the restricted area. Jalen Duran, second consecutive game, giving up an and one at the end of the game. Jalen Duran jumps com- up and is completely vertical. Com- if you want to say the Knicks get a one-point lead, that's fine. But to not call the loose ball foul and then to call the foul on Jalen Duran 
who there is a law. It's called the law of verticality, right? It's a rule. As long as you jump straight up and not into the uh, opposition, it's not a foul. He is about as vertical as vertical gets. Josh Hart falls as he throws it up. It bounces in. They call the foul. I get up, take my plate upstairs. And once again, right, we talked about fundamentals on defense. Uh, Who are we going to help on screens? Who are we going to hedge on screens? When are we going to switch, right, conceptually? What are our principles? What are our core foundations on defense? Do we have any rules? So, you know, for instance, I'd like to give real-world examples, right? What we want to do is we want to practice a lot with our left hands. We want our left hand to be as efficient as our right. Now, that's never going to happen, but you have to continuously drill that. That's got to be hard work that's put in every single day to get kids that are right-handed predominantly to be at least functional with their left hand. That is very important. Defensively, what we want to do is we're going to play man-to-man because we believe in man-to-man defense. Uh, everybody plays a zone. Kids aren't learning anything there. It's this is a, This is a plague in youth basketball across the country. Get out of zone. If you can't guard your man, you can't play. It's as simple as that. And you need to bury that principle right there. If you can't guard your man, you can't play. You need to bury that into their souls. So when the child wakes up uh, for breakfast or whatever at 645 to make the bus, he gets up out of bed in a stance, ready to go, ready to guard his man. That's what he's got to do. Right? So we're playing man to man. We're in a good, good help position. Right, So we're going to sag off our man when we are more than one pass away. If we are one pass away, we're going to get into a passing lane with our hand that is closest to the ball, depending on if we're on the right wing or the left wing. Hand that is closest to the ball is going to be in the passing lane. We are going to force ball handlers left. The odds of you running into a left-handed kid, now we don't do scouting reports or anything like that, the odds of you running into a left-handed kid are so slim to none We're forcing everybody left. So we know that our left foot defensively has to be the high foot. That's how we're going to approach it. We're going to attack their right hip, force them left. But we're not going to open up. Like a lot of times you hear force them left, and then kids like open the gate all the way. You can't. We're going to angle them, but we're going to, our left foot's going to be high, and we're going to attack that right hip and force them to play with their weak hand. Right? On screens, we are going to high hedge the screen. If it takes if it takes place in very specific areas in which you are able to put painter's tape down on the floor, grab a roll of painter's tape. It helps. What you do is you draw. You basically use big L's on the court. Use these. Use mid court in the sideline as your boundaries all the way down, right? And you make these L's in the court. So you have half court and L into the sideline. What have you created? A giant box. If for whatever reason the ball handler is in that box. We are trapping that immediately. Force the turnover. Vice versa, from an offensive standpoint, get the hell out of there. Don't go anywhere near that. Do not put the ball on the floor unless you absolutely have to. Right? Keep your dribble. None of this one dribble and pick it up because I'm nervous. But you have to practice these things. These kids have to know conceptually what are we doing. How do we defend the post? Right? Well, for us, we're going to play on the inside shoulder, regardless on what hand they are. We're going to play on the inside shoulder with a hand in a passing lane with the backside that is cutting the floor in half 
Another key concept, cut the floor in half if you're on the backside. If you're not ball side, get in the middle of the paint so you can help. Just in case our post player gets beat on that pass, you are right there to help. Hands up, stay vertical. Don't worry about blocking the shot. All you have to do is contest. Those are simple concepts. Like we've done one, that's like that's like a week worth of practice right there. But you got to do it every day. Every what, do you, what are you people doing out there? I mean, are you doing a layup line and then running sprints and thinking that that's, and then working on 1,700 sets of offense? Like, no. Fundamentals, dribbling, passing, and shooting every single day. Hammered in there every single day. Start your practice the same way every single day. Kids like routine, right? Humans are habitual. Let's get into good habits. And we're not going to move on to the next thing until we're really proficient at the first thing. It gives them a leadership role. See who's ready to go. Blow the whistle. Hey, all right, who's calling out the first drill? Let's go. Where are the balls at? Like, come on. Like, give you know, get let let them take some ownership of their own program. Conceptually here, Monty Williams. What the hell are you doing? Nobody knows. Monty Williams, however, after the game decided that he wanted to speak up and lay into the officials. Here's what he had to say, and he's mad. He's real mad. He's so upset right now. Very angry, as he should be. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game. <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs. And there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game. Period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long. And enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. Well, I don't think Monty will get fined. I mean, he didn't even swear in that whole thing, which, I mean, you don't have to swear to get your point across. But more of this show coming up next here, Exxon Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for my good friend Drew and the crew at Impact Power Sports. Now, they're located on 14 Mile Road in Rockford, just north of Grand Rapids here on the west side of the state. They are Michigan's newest Yamaha go-to golf cart dealer. Now, if you're looking for a golf cart for the neighborhood, the business, the golf club, maybe that second home or the lake, stop by and see Drew and the crew. They can hook you up today at Impact Power Sports. They also have e-bikes, quads, side-by-side, yard toys for the big boys and the big girls. Anything you need when it comes to power, they have it at Impact Power Sports on 14 Mile Road in Rockford. Also, if you want a shot at winning Lois Brown's Lions Golf Cart, a custom-built Lions Golf Cart, text IMPACT to 21000. That's IMPACT to 21000. And you could win Lomas Brown's Lions Golf Cart this summer from IMPACT Power Sports and the Huge Show. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I work for Meyer. 
People ask, why do I shop there? It's because I get everything in one stop. Like this week's hottest deals with buy one, get one for a dollar, four pound bag of navel oranges. And Meyer Wellness Vitamins or Supplements, buy one, get one free. Plus, I can save even more with M Perks, like 10% off my total electronics purchase when I shop in-store or online this week. Meyer has all I need in just one stop. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.